Welcome to episode number 14 of the School of Success podcast series with the truly unique and inspiring Karen Sutton, the UK's first widow coach who specialises in supporting women widowed in early life. Welcome to the School of Success podcast series. My name is Melanie Pritchard, former lawyer turned success coach and corporate wellbeing trainer. And each month, we bring you an inspiring person and message to help you discover the tools for creating happiness in the widest sense. Sylvia Plath said, Widow, the word consumes itself. James Patterson said, The weird, weird thing about devastating loss is that life actually goes on when you're faced with a tragedy, a loss so huge that you have no idea how you can live through it somehow. The world keeps turning, the seconds keep ticking. And Khalil Gibran says, somewhat incongruously, the deeper that sorrow caves into your being, the more joy you can contain. I have a truly special guest on today's podcast episode, Karen Sutton, certified coach and the UK's first widow coach on a mission to provide emotional and practical support to anyone dealing with the loss of a loved one. Having been featured on the BBC, the Daily Mail and beyond, Karen is a true expert on grief and surprisingly happiness and transformation and provides a truly special blend of empathy, insight and practical wisdom and support for those who most need it providing one-to-one coaching and a supportive community to widows along all stages of the grief journey. On today's episode, we'll be discussing Karen's personal tale of love and loss and how she found herself helping others going through similar trauma. We'll also be exploring what grief actually is and what the key stages look and feel like. How you can support a loved one who's grieving without alienating them. How to navigate the emotional overwhelm and roller coaster of feelings that comes with huge loss and trauma. And finally, we'll be clarifying what exactly a widow coach is and how exactly is it different to counselling and the surprising reality of why it is so different to what you might expect, just doom and gloom and darkness. We'll also be exploring the complex duality of grief and happiness and how the two can coexist, including the taboo subject of finding love again after loss. The surprising learnings and transformation that can abound from deep suffering. And finally, how widows can feel more positive, take back control and build a life they truly deserve. I hope you're as excited about talking to Karen as I was. Time truly did stand still learning about such a taboo and complex subject. It really was a truly surprising and invigorating interview. So without further ado, let me introduce you to the one, the only, Karen Sutton. Absolutely thrilled to have you here with us today, Karen Sutton on the School of Success podcast. Welcome, Karen. Oh, hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honoured to be here. I'm so pleased you're here, Karen. Um, I think I first found you probably by fluke on Instagram and I just loved your warm energy um, and how you broke down, well, such a complex subject with so much, I don't know, approachability, really. So I'm really happy to talk to you today. Yes, me too. I, I remember connecting with you on, on, on Instagram. It's a great place. You, you oh. know, sometimes it can be a nightmare social yeah. media, but sometimes you can make some great connections. Totally, completely agree with you. So Karen, I'm not going to put words into your mouth. Can you give us a little a little summary of you and you know where you've come from and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I, I, I live in Gloucestershire and um, I went off in my early 20s to, to do my, my nursing and I became a nurse mm. and then I came back to, to Cheltenham and got together with my, who was going to be my husband at the time, we were friends and we kind of got together and I went off to do my midwifery. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
we got married, we had a couple of children, I continued being a midwife and and life was life was good life was okay you, you know in a normal family and then one day my husband died literally wow and um obviously that changed the, the path of my life um in a huge way i i i quit my job um because i couldn't i could a i couldn't see how i could do it really without um making some horrendous mistake hmm. because in my grief i wasn't you know, I didn't have the capacity to, to care for someone in, in that role. And the last thing I wanted to do was not do my job properly. Um, and mm. also I had two young children to, to think about. So um, I decided to to quit and spend some time with my children. I was in a fortunate position that I was able to do that for a couple of years. And through my journey of, of my grief, um, I... I, I kind of, I became quite lost, I suppose. I didn't know who I was, didn't know my identity, where I fit in in the world anymore, what my purpose mm. was. Um, and I found self-development. Um, and that took me on an amazing journey, really, of self-discovery. And in that, I kind of decided that I could help others who were grieving find their way after a, a huge tragic loss because it does yeah. leave you feeling completely vulnerable and exposed and lost in the world okay. um and it can feel like that's it that you know where do you go from there and and I felt like I'd kind of figured it out not like I had the answers for everyone but I could share what I'd learned I suppose um and walk alongside others whilst they figure it out for themselves with you know a bit of guidance a bit of love and support from somebody who gets it yeah um so i am now the, the uk's first widow coach so oh. essentially i'm a i'm a grief and loss coach um but i support widows um because it's just so needed there's not enough support out there mm. and i just adore 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 what i do you, you know i meet the most amazing people day in day out they inspire me i i bring groups of us together and obviously it's 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 you know being a midwife and a nurse to running my own business mm. I, I think my husband would laugh if, if <laughs> about it he'd be like, you do what he always he was the business person you know he ran a business he was very successful he had a, a fantastic business mind and I didn't have a clue I you know I was always kind of I don't I don't get it I don't understand what you're talking about yeah. and it's just alien to me so I've had to to learn a lot mm -hmm. and, and I'm still learning and I'm still growing and it, it, it's not kind of just one tick box is it that you you kind of think oh, i'll work through that and that's it i've got a business it, yeah it's totally not that so um yeah it's it's hard work it's hard work um but because it's my, my passion and my purpose in life it doesn't feel like work wow that is so inspiring karen and i like the way it well obviously it's very tragic the way it came about but at the same time there's a real beauty to the fact that you found your passion and purpose in such a natural holistic way out of something so unthinkably mm. difficult yeah you're, you're so true because you, you know as well as losing my husband and my identity as, as a wife you know I, I quit my job and, yeah. and half of my identity was being a, a midwife yeah and I was so proud of that mm. you know when people said to me what do you do and I'd be like oh I'm a midwife you, you know everyone was like oh wow what an yeah. amazing job tell me more and it was an amazing job you share a, a part of somebody's life which is mm. just one of the most beautiful parts of, of life yeah and and to be there in that moment sharing that moment is an honor and a privilege and 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 I loved it I did love it so you know not having that anymore not being able to say I'm I'm a yeah. midwife was was that was another loss and that Absolutely. was really difficult for me um so you're right you, you know an issue of everything and you are vulnerable and exposed and, yeah and you're like I don't know what to do like that things that used to mean something don't mean anything anymore yes and you, you kind of have to start building back up. And, and in that rebuilding, mm. you can rebuild something really meaningful. Absolutely. Really meaningful. And I like the way, what's, well, so many special things you said. It sounds like you found midwifery really fulfilling. But I like the way you're also touching on how we're all constantly evolving, whether it's a breakup, a death, um, all sorts of things in life. And, you know, it's not a failure to leave something like midwifery. If it's not right for you, if it doesn't fit the new you, in a sense, 
Um, because it sounds like you, it sounds like it wasn't on your radar to leave, but because of how things unfolded, is that right? That you, you sort of rethought? It, I'd, I'd, I'd had got a bit fed up working in the hospital. So just before Simon died, I'd gone to work out in the community. Mm-hmm. And it was nice. I was enjoying it. You, you, it was hard work, but it was nice being out and about and meet, meeting people in their homes and, yeah. and doing and doing that. So I was I was quite enjoying that. So yeah, who knows? Would I have stayed in it forever if Simon had lived? I don't, I don't know. But I certainly wasn't kind of thinking... I'm done with it. Yeah, you, you know, absolutely. Um, it, it kind of was a, a forced end, but yeah, you're right. It's it's hard leaving these things behind because it's it's change and change is scary. Mm. And it's interesting, isn't it? That as you said, you know, being a midwife, it's a beautiful, obviously, thing to do, but there's a real, um, a very high standard of excellence required. You know, you can't be making mistakes, can you? No. Um, and that's no. something I relate to when I was in law and I, I was in a quite a toxic mm. relationship and that came to an end. And I just remember having a similar realisation in a different sense of how do people keep having to be perfect the whole time when their life is feels like it's falling apart a bit? Yeah. And that was a real lightning bolt. And it made me think about career fulfilment and alignment quite differently. That's a really yes. astute point, Karen. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's mad, isn't it? That yeah. It, there's so much expected of you. Exactly. It is mad. It's not always sustainable. And so many powerful things. What I love about you, well, lots of things I love about you. I love the fact that there's yellow like all over your website and behind you. (laughs) So you work in this area of death in some senses, but you have this positivity, but it's not annoying because you really hear people's emotion and you truly care. So you've got Mm -hmm. quite an unusual balance of real empathy and being able to hold space for people, but also to lift them up in a way that's actually helpful, even if it sounds impossible, maybe to some of your clients initially. Yeah, it does. <clears throat> Excuse me. It does sound impossible. And I'm very aware that sometimes people aren't ready to hear what I'm saying. Yeah. And, you know, somebody had said to me when Simon had died, you, you know, this is going to be the making of you. You're going to come out of this and you're going to be grateful <laughs> for the lessons and you're going to flat up. I think I probably would have punched him in the face. Totally, yeah. Are you kidding me? Are, are you actually, that's what you want yeah. to say to me. So I, I have to kind of, figure out where people are in their journey as, mm-hmm. as to how I, I, I kind of speak yeah. to them and, and, and where they are and what they're ready to hear. And sometimes people aren't aren't always ready to hear it or or willing to be open to the possibility that something might be true for them. It yeah. might not be now, but kind of going, okay, that, that might be something I can comprehend in, in the future, but right now I, I can't. And we're not mm-hmm. always ready to hear these things, but yeah. I do like to try and be positive. I, I kind of, I think people need hope. I think when you're in a dark place, yeah, I know I certainly did. I, you know, after Simon died, I was just searching for people that had been in my position that had come out the other side of it yeah and had found some peace some joy some some love what whatever positive emotion that they were okay i yeah. needed to know that i was yeah I life was wasn't going to be over for good that's it this, this isn't permanent somebody tell me that what i'm feeling right now yeah isn't permanent. awful and and i have got the 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 potential to be happy in, in yeah. life again. And and I did find those people. And I also found people that were like saying, oh, you know, I'm 10 years into my journey and it still hurts and it, I'm still in a really bad place. I'm never going to be happy again. And that scared me. Yeah, oh I my was gosh. like, oh my God, like oh. 10 years? Like this is, I'm going to be like this for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I can't, I can't, I, over my dead body. You well, know, yes, exactly. <laughs> well, I love that though. And that's something powerful on your website, which almost surprised me and it, it invigorated me as well and you said you know obviously we can talk about that perhaps that Simon sort of dropped dead if you like Not, mm. no other way of really putting yeah. it um so it's a massive shock it wasn't like you were told oh your husband's got two years to live or anything mm. but you said that at some point you you had this sort of sense of defiance of like this will not define me and my children like that's remarkable that yeah. somewhere in that darkness you had this yeah almost like a determination to be happy again like where did that it come was. from that was it. It was instinct. It was instinctive. It wow. was just, and it was literally like the the day or the day after he died. It was very quickly. I remember I was with my mum and oh. my sister, and it it was just like I am not going to allow this to de- to define myself or the girls in a negative way for the rest of my lives. We are not using this as a as a reason or an excuse to not live life, to be victims, to not achieve things. Because you know, wow. and my children were not going to not achieve all they were, were 
were capable of in life because their dad had died you, yeah. you know it's like it, it sounds awful and i don't mean it to but like can i swear of course you can do what you want on here <laughs> shit happens yeah. and, and i don't mean that to sound crass or dismissive hmm. but it does and it happens to everyone in yeah. in in lots of different ways where none of us are getting out of here without going through something totally pain is inevitable mm -hmm. so we have to learn how to deal with it how to bounce back how to be resilient yeah you know how to not allow it to define us because you know life i i, I read a post that or, or something that ricky gervais did randomly but he, he 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 wrote down the statistics of us actually ever coming on to this earth to live a life mm -hmm. you know when you think about it, you've got a man and a woman and how many eggs the woman's got and many sperms the man's yeah. got and, and those two people coming together in that one egg and that's what i mean the chances are like minute exactly you're ever even going to get to survive yeah and and we have and i do believe that life has a wonderful way of being more good than than it does bad yeah i just i do yeah i have to believe that yeah and and I, and I also believe that, you know, like our brains believe what we tell them. Yep. So, and what we tell them, we will then search for evidence to mm -hmm. back that up, won't we? So if we're saying life's really bad and bad things always happen to me and, and it's awful, we're going to search for evidence of those things. True. So if we can kind of shift our focus and go, you know what, there is good out there and I'm going to find it and I'm going to go and get it and I'm going to make it happen yeah. for me. You know, I'm not saying it just lands in your lap, but... I, I think it then has an impact on the choices that you make and, mm -hmm. and the, the things that you do with your life. And and I knew Simon wouldn't want myself and the girls. He, obviously, he literally did. You know, he was here for for breakfast and, and gone for lunch. It, it was it was just he dropped down dead. Wow. Um, so, but we did talk. We did talk about death and and what would happen if something happened to one of us. That's good. And. And, you know, I, I know he wouldn't have wanted us to, to suffer and be miserable forever. And, and likewise, had it been me. Yeah. Um, you've got to you've got to learn to make the best of what you've got and, and understand that things are going to come along. And, and for my girls, you, you know, this is really sad and, and I will always feel very sad about it. But more things are going to happen to them. So I see yeah. it as my responsibility to, to teach them how to deal with with these these challenges absolutely that, sends us. I, that um well that's so inspiring karen it doesn't sound bad at all anything you said i mean I, it literally kind of fl floors me with amazement um you know obviously i work with people who are trying to shift careers and it's easy for all of us to get into victim mindsets and so occasionally clients are very stuck so to hear someone who's been through such a big trauma as you say that you had a natural instinct i know that may not be typical for everyone is frankly nothing short of remarkable Oh. um it's really something I, I do you know what i think we all we all kind of have that instinct but sometimes we're held back from leaning into it yeah out of out of fear maybe or, or that there's, there's resistance of saying it out loud or, or maybe you know you don't want to say it out loud because what if you don't achieve that what if you get it wrong then, yeah. then you're going to look stupid and and there's all that around it isn't it and, and and people get caught up in the people around them I'm very lucky I'm surrounded by amazing people I really am and I think that has a lot to do with it but if you're surrounded by people that don't inspire you and don't yeah. maybe kind of allow you to 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 be your best then that's difficult as well isn't it and, definitely and I think it's it's kind of You've got to find the right people. Yeah, you really have. You're so right. Um, there are so many questions I have that I want to ask you, but probably a good um, next question is you mentioned, you know, the power of finding a bit of hope. And you also mentioned, you know, very openly on your website that you partly discovered this path through having a life coach of your own. Yes. So I think an interesting question for listeners is maybe wondering what's the difference between a grief coach and, say, a grief counsellor? Yes. So I, I always kind of explain it because people say to me, are you a counsellor, are you a therapist? And I'm like, yeah. no. But for me, you know, I'm not a counsellor. I'm not a therapist. I am not trained to 
help people through deep rooted mental health issues or deep rooted trauma. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't help people through that. And, and I very much sometimes think that, that, that therapy, counselling, maybe is a bit more about past events mm-hmm. and what's happened and unpicking that and, and finding your peace with those things so that you can then take those steps forward. What I would then do is help people take those steps forward. So, mm. you know, I, I am a, a, a qualified grief educator so I, I I know a lot about grief I've learned it through my own journey I have done um, David Kessler who's a, a world-renowned grief expert he's done a training program and obviously I've read a lot and, and and done a lot of courses so I can I can help people understand grief and loss because I just think we live in a grief literate society people yeah. shy away from it we don't understand it we don't totally. want to talk about it we think oh god six months you should be over it what's wrong with you yeah <laughs> you know and and it's almost like grief is a w- one thing but grief isn't grief is an umbrella term for many things that come underneath that and working through all those you, you know like loss of identity god. um guilt shame loneliness anxiety yeah. nutrition sleep finances yeah, absolutely it's just all affected parenting relationships absolutely. career everything <laughs> Everything. It's almost it like a different kind of divorce, except you didn't choose it. That's it. You yeah, know? completely. And th- that's it. And that, some people didn't even choose their divorce. Well, that's very true, actually. That's putting <laughs> a rosy spin on it. <laughs> and then you've got rejection in that. Well, exactly. Yeah. And it's divorce. And that's, Absolutely. That's horrible, totally. You know? And that's, that's all grief as well. Yeah. So, you know, I help people understand it. I kind of hold their hands whilst they, they, they figure it out for themselves because mm. I truly believe that we all know how to do this. And like I, I touched on just now, we just don't listen. We don't allow our bodies, our minds, our souls to guide us anymore because we're too busy worrying about what other people are doing or what other people are thinking of us and what should I be doing? What's right? What's wrong? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, reconnect with yourself. Yeah, you know, exactly. and, and I help people reconnect themselves with the world around them, with the people around them and, and and keep those ongoing connections to their loved one as well, because it can very much feel like you're leaving them behind. And yes, learning about how you can honor your person and take them with you yeah. in life, still loving them, you mm. know, nothing can can take all that away from you um, and, and understanding that as well. And just, you know, we do talk about the past. But it's not deep rooted in in trauma or, or mental health issues. So I'm always yeah. very clear yeah. about that, and I will always kind of you know say maybe you should get some some therapy, some proper counselling. Or yeah, you know, there's lots of therapies out there now, isn't there? But, but exactly. So Karen, can but, people come? Could somebody's have lost their partner literally like two weeks ago and come to you, or is it like go and get therapy and then come to me when you're obviously you support them through the process when you're ready to take some positive steps forward in the way that coaching helps you to, or does it really depend on the client? Uh, uh, that yes, because people want different things. And, and some people do come to me literally like weeks after their, their partner's died and yeah. they just want someone to talk to that gets it. Hey, of course. And sometimes it is that simple Yeah, because we're not very good at listening, Yeah, you, you know, and, and people listen to respond they don't listen to hear what Mm -hmm. someone is saying Mm. and in that you know people try and fix people which i understand it's a natural instinct you know somebody comes to you with a problem like i know let's try this or let's do that try to solve it and make it better but grief isn't like that and we need to have our grief witnessed and you've got to hold space where somebody can speak their truth say what's going on for them without somebody trying to to fix it make it better you know you're, yeah. you're not broken you've, you've just got to kind of figure the, your way through this yeah and and so you know it can sometimes be as simple as that and then I've had people that come to me and they're years in and they they just haven't quite figured out their new normal yet absolutely gosh thank god thank god for you and being the first widow coach is incredible I mean how's this only just happened there's such a need death is so complex and something I've experienced obviously having lost my brother is I don't know if you ever feel this Karen um but sometimes when you mention the d word someone died it's it's such a taboo in our society we're so not comfortable with something as common and natural as death and so sometimes it's managing other people's expectations or you know you how do you navigate still talking about that and I bet people feel huge comfort talking to you because you get it you know and it's yeah. not some big taboo for you you're very open about it it's such a common part of your dialogue and ironically and what I love one of the things I really love about you is 
you really um, capture the paradox of life and death. You were a midwife bringing life into the world, but you, but actually death can be really enlivening and invigorating for the reasons you said. I'm not suggesting people should feel, oh, great, my husband's died, you know, great chance to, you know, reinvent myself. But, you know, at, at a certain point, it can really shine a light on um, what you are, who you want, and maybe positive yeah. changes. And because and, and it will... It will change you, you, you know, and, and after Simon died, I was adamant, like, this isn't changing me. I, I yeah. kind of quite like who I am. I am clinging on to that person yeah, <laughs> yeah. With, with everything I've got. And, and actually, it came to a point where that was causing me more discomfort than I needed to be in. Hmm. So I had to kind of accommodate the changes and I had to let it shape me in the way it needed to shape me without fearing that I was going to become miserable I, I believed that if I changed the person I would become the victim I would become a resentful angry widow yeah but that wasn't true that was again that was a story I was telling myself that I've got I've got so deep rooted in mm. um and I, in the end I had to go do you know what I've got to allow these natural changes that are happening this is this is change yeah I have changed like in in such a profound way and fighting it was taking up so much energy so I, I kind of had to to let that happen and you, you know it's kind of like it shaped me it shaped the person I am and, and without having Simon in in my life you know and and him dying I'm grateful you know I'm so grateful to Simon every day I'm always like thank you you, you know oh, like yeah. he came into my life and and he brought all this to me and yes tragic it is tragic and it, and it is horrible but I think it's opening our eyes to the possibility that you know you may not find a, a, a reason for your person's death I don't think we can ever kind of do that yeah but we we can find meaning in our lives afterwards wow that's you, very you powerful know. meaning and yeah yeah and and I think that's for me what it is is like I have to create meaning to I guess to make sense of it in yes. some way yeah um I think we have to be able to make sense of it and, and kind of go okay that happens and this this is the, the result of that happening and allowing yourself to see the good which Definitely. isn't easy because when somebody dies and you go actually this is good afterwards it feels like you're being disloyal you're betraying them you're saying oh I'm glad he died because look at this well, exactly amazing. yeah and it's not what anyone's saying you, you know I I, yeah. I wish Simon hadn't died but mm -hmm. I have I have no control over that and we we have a problem with that as human beings because we like to feel like we're in control of course you know? yeah and we have no control over death yeah um so we we have to kind of become more comfortable with with that notion i suppose um and, and when we do i think it kind of almost gives us permission to go i couldn't control it it was out of out of my hands so i then have to do something that that feels good absolutely yeah that's a really powerful distinction and the power of meaning and finding meaning and reshaping meaning mm. I, one of your little videos on instagram i thought was really powerful um, about the duality of emotions you can feel you know you can feel yes. like you say deep grief doesn't mean you can't feel happiness at times as well or at different stages and I like mm. the way you're very brave you're very you're being authentic but for some people that's probably quite hard to get their heads around or quite a radical idea but yeah. again you do it in a very um in a very sort of gentle way it doesn't have to be either or no and and I think that you're that is exactly the point is it is the duality of grief mm. you, you know and I, the post you're talking about is the one I think where I kind of shared that some of the, the most amazing moments in my life happened in the depths of my grief mm. you know I turned 40 I had a massive party I'd spent all day in tears I went to the, the place where Simon died and I was driving home and I was a mess and I didn't want to go to my party and oh. I was just like I felt sick but I went Good and I was you. surrounded by love and I had the best time wow. people would have looked at me and gone <laughs> wow inside yeah. I was I was really hurting you, yeah. you know I was really hurting but you you can't see grief grief is invisible and that's why we feel like we're not seen and we're not heard because people will see mm. what you're doing and and I did a lot you know I took my kids to Lapland I took them to Disney World I learned how to tow the caravan we went on yeah. holidays I took my kids on a family holiday I I I, I threw events we, we did a mud run and we raised about the 50 of us when I did a mud run we wow I arranged with a friend uh, a, an auction evening a charity event I, can't, I think about 200 people came and we raised loads of money and and you'd look at me and go 
oh my god she's she's having the time of her life and I was yeah. do you know like in these moments but there was also inside of me moments of utter despair of course and, and sadness and feeling very alone and those feelings are horrible but you've you've, you've got to allow time for both you, you've got to allow time for your grief but you've got to make space for the new and the restoring of life yeah and I guess that's why your job as a you know widow coach is so powerful because I mean I can only imagine how I'd feel in that situation but I can imagine the dialogues in my head the stories would be my life is over I finally met someone that I actually even wanted to marry and now he's gone you know that's it yeah. I won't even be invited to dinner parties anymore that's it done yeah. so that I can see how you could provide such a vital function um at that moment of yeah just real horror and despair actually and and as well I think when you when you've you know I was married to Simon we had two kids we had a lovely home and, and, and good jobs and we had a good life and when he died I, I actually knew very early on that I didn't want to be on my own forever I was I was like you know not that very early on I was planning my, yeah, my next on Tinder day two yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Yes>. yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I did kind of say and my mother-in-law was lovely as well because she said to me in, in the early days you know I you, you shouldn't devote the rest of your life to to Simon you, you know oh, you're young nice. and, and and which was lovely because nice said that. that kind of gave me permission as well and and I knew I was like for me life is better shared it is mm. you know and and we can but I in in wanting that for myself I kind of told myself the story that even if I was lucky enough to to meet someone even half as decent as Simon which I was unsure of because yeah. you know when you're 40 and you're trying to find somebody decent and single that's not, that's yeah. not easy to do is it um that, you know if I was lucky enough to find someone I, I I truly believe that I would never feel safe and as loved and um that like I had a family unit again almost like it would be like them and us yeah um but, you, you know, I, I kind of thought that, but I thought, it's okay, if I can find someone to share life with, it, it, you know, even if it's in 15 years, you, yeah. you know, I wasn't particularly like, I need it right now, hmm. but that one day, um, that hopefully I could find someone to, to kind of grow old with, hopefully. Um, Absolutely. And you did but, find someone, didn't you, Karen? I did, I did. I've been so lucky, and he's proved all my thoughts wrong. Oh my gosh, that safe. is so wonderful would it be okay to share a little bit with us about oh, sort of how God, that happened and so so actually i met andy who who i've been with now for about two and a half years um at the I, at the charity event that i arranged the the auction evening he came along wow. he, he just this up from his wife and he came with his brother so and, and weirdly enough when i when i did go on to, into dating sites which was a whole other story but, yeah i can only imagine know, I, did, I did online dating for a bit and um that made interesting talk at dinner parties i bet <laughs> yeah um but i i always kind of said i didn't want to meet somebody that way i wanted to meet somebody that lived local that i had connections with um that, that just it felt a little bit more I, I knew something about them I had some background on them and so then Andy turned up at, at, at the bling fling this event was called <laughs> and, and and we met and we went on a few dates and and it, it was lovely it really was lovely um and all those boxes were ticked but I fought it I fought it because I was scared you, you know, I, I kind of, I was scared of loving again. I was scared of letting someone into my life. I was in a good, not good place, but I was in a better place. It was me and the girls. I was, I was on my journey of, of kind of self-discovery. I was content. I was, I was kind of figuring life out. Yeah. And I, I wasn't looking for anyone. Um, but he came along and I, I did fight him and, and it, it, it wasn't easy and it, certainly wasn't easy for him I think it takes somebody incredibly special to to date a widow to understand that they love someone else yeah and they're always going to love someone else and that someone else is always going to be a huge part of the, of their life you, you know there's yeah. there's pictures up in the house you, you know I mean well his ashes are still in my bedroom <laughs> wow wow oh my gosh I know so it, it's kind wow. of Simon is we talk about him every day and and what I love about Andy is that he invites that in wow he very understanding of it he's he's very intrigued and interested in Simon and and talks about him and asks about him and I can share things with him and 
it it was difficult in the early days when I'd have my bad days about Simon. Yeah. And he'd want to help me, but I'd want to be left alone with my grief. I was like, yeah. I, no, I, I can't. And and I couldn't quite figure out how how do I love them both? I couldn't. I didn't know how to do that. Of course. And and there's the, the guilt that comes into it, and all that the talk, and oh, well, if if I if I let him in, does that mean I no longer love Simon? And what will people think? And you know all this stuff that we worry about that is just stuff and noise that actually if we just kind of let ourselves do what feels right we are guided quite well yeah. and um it has been a rocky ride with andy you, you, you know but it it's amazing it really is amazing and i do feel like he is almost heaven sent that's a little bit ridiculous no but maybe he, he is stops- Maybe, maybe he's seven sense. I know, and and he's very very different to Simon. Simon was fiery and um, like quick tempered, and just had the you know sort of a, a typical kind of businessman approach, I suppose. And yeah. he was he was quite sure. And I remember saying to Simon, you know, he'd get he'd go like that, and I'd say, "Well, you need to calm down. You're going to have a heart attack." Oh my goodness! And I, remember, I said it to a few times. You know, like you're driving along in the car and somebody does something silly, and he's on the horn, and he's like, "Oh my god, what are you doing?" Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm like, chill out. Yeah. Um, and and Andy is very calm. He's very balancing. He's very good for me. Um, so they're oh. they're incredibly different people oh but he's he's brilliant with the girls the girls are, are very comfortable they, That's I, lovely. they love him dearly and in fact i said to my youngest last week we were lying in bed i was putting her to bed one night and um i said what do you think life would be like if daddy was still alive and she said um so oh, i think i'd be a bit more miserable oh my gosh <laughs> And she said, well, because daddy was so strict, her, her memories of her dad or of yeah. him telling her off, they're the things that stand oh. out in her mind. And yeah. I said, well, daddy was fun as well. You know, he, he yeah. did have a, a lovely fun side to him. And she went, well, she said, I'm really happy. So it doesn't matter. Oh, and, wow. and yeah, and, and in a way, it kind of, and again, it's the bittersweet. It's the yeah. duality of yeah. like, oh my God, that cuts deep. You're, you're kind of really happy. Your dad's dead. Like how awful is yeah. that? But then, oh my God, that's amazing. Exactly. I want you to be miserable. Exactly. I want you to be happy. And also, obviously, <laughs> obviously you had a different relationship as Simon's wife and she probably remembers him as a, you know, as the child that she was. And obviously children remember things in quite literal ways, don't they? Yes. That's yeah. gosh. It's just, you know, the, the kind of duality is, it's yeah. just mind boggling, but really beautiful and hopeful as well. Yeah. And yes. so with, um, with Andy, Again, I obviously haven't been in your situation, but you must, like you say, have had real down days where you, if it wasn't Andy, you may have said sort of like, God, I just miss him so much. How did you deal with like th- when those sorts of instances? Did you just take yourself off or like, how do you navigate yeah, that? I do tend to. And, and, and um, you know, I've had a few issues recently with with, with my eldest and, and she's got a bit of anxiety and stuff going on. And, and it's in those moments that I really miss Simon that mm. I kind of go... I just wish he was here because I could ask him things and he could guide us a, a little bit and she could talk to him as well. You know, all these things that you kind of go, oh, I just want to talk to him. This is, you know, yeah. but I do go off. I take myself off and, and I have my moment. I, t- I like walking in nature and I put on my, I've got a, a, a playlist on my, on my Spotify, a Simon playlist, which are all the songs that make me just, <laughs> just cry. They're so oh my sad. God. It I makes me feel like crying. You're just hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're properly properly like oh my god yeah real sobbers um, yes but I, th- th- I, I they're my go-to so I'm like yeah. I need to feel connected to Simon I need to let out this emotion I need to Amazing. cry you know yeah. what it's like so I, I kind of invite that in and I come back and and Andy's like are you all right and obviously he knows I've been upset and and I will say to, to Andy I just I really miss Simon but there's a part of me that I love being able to say that to him but then I feel guilty of because course. it's like Oh, but I'm with you and, and I, I'm always like I, I love you and, and I need you and, and I you know I don't want that to be any different but I do just miss Simon and bless him he's always kind of like I get it I get it and it's okay and it's how lucky am oh I? my god do you know what it, it almost yeah. makes me kind of choke up like that is so incomprehensibly understanding and I can understand how someone that special could understand but that is so um yeah admirable what a what a good guy he is heaven sent isn't he I, Oh my God, I love honestly. Andy. I haven't met him, but I love him. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> we all love Andy. I bet. I bet everyone loves him. And how's your? How's your, You know, Simon's family dealt with you meeting someone else. He's he he's he's got he's got his mum and his brother. I I don't speak to his brother an, an awful lot. Um, but his mum's him. He again. He's fully embraced 
phone with yeah, mum. That's lovely. He, he goes up, she calls him, she asks him for help. He goes up, he fixes things oh, for her. Oh, how wonderful. Um, they've, they've even, I, he had the girls, I went away somewhere. I can't remember where, it was, it was probably about a year ago now. And he went there for tea with her, without me. Oh, my gosh. Bedding in. Like, this is weird. Like, <laughs> there's duality and then there's this. <laughs> I was like, you know you, that's you, uh, you don't have to do that. And he's like, I want to. and Because he, he feels for her, you, you know. She's lost her son and he doesn't yeah. want her to feel that just because he's come along that she's not part of the... That is so lovely. Oh, Jen. Um, so, again, but I've been lucky because she's been so accepting of him and he's been so accepting of her. You know, if one of them had been a little bit kind of, you know, not into it, mm. it, it could have caused problems and, and it hasn't. So, it, again, I'm lucky that they've both yeah. accepted each other and, and embraced it. So, Karen, I mean, obviously you've worked with a lot of people who have been through, well, not necessarily similar things, but losing someone. Um, and I'm sure some of them aren't as lucky in terms of how the partners they meet or the in-laws or that sort of thing kind of what advice would you give someone who I don't know let's say they meet someone who's finding it quite hard to navigate you know the, the past partner and how you sort of deal with that that's really yeah. thorny isn't it it's do you know what it's really hard and I met people in my in my dating that found it hard yeah. And I almost felt like I was guiding them for it. But I yeah. didn't have the energy to do that, you know. Um, yes. I was a bit like, I can't, I, I'm trying to pull myself through this and my two children. I can't, I can't pull you through it as well. And, you know, people would have problems with the pictures up or if I mentioned his name or if I said anything. You, you know, it was just like you could you can see people like, oh, they freeze, don't they? And yeah. Stiffen up, like, oh, my God. And um, I have to say, just don't settle. Yeah. Don't settle. Don't believe that that has to be your reality. Yes. Because it doesn't. Because you can so easily. And I, and I nearly did this. I nearly did this. I nearly kind of settled because I thought, well, this is the best it's going to get. Because who's going to want to take on a widow with two young children? Yeah. Y you know, who's going to want to do that? I'm not sure I'd want to do that. Yeah. You see what I mean? So you are, you end up kind of convincing yourself that that's the best you're going to get. Yeah. Don't settle. If you need more from someone, go out and find it because it is out there and it is it is available to you. But you've got to go and find it. It yeah. might not be, you know. Again, when I when I started dating, I was looking for people that were wild and party animals, larger than life <laughs> characters. Like, you, you know, I wanted this big gregarious kind of person. But actually, you know, Andy's 10 years older than me. I didn't want anyone that much older than me. Um, he's divorced. The, the good thing is his his daughter, he has got a daughter and, and she's older. So I haven't had to do the blended family thing, which is, which which I didn't, I in an ideal world, want to do. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Of course there isn't. You know, I was brought up like that. But I just, if I could have avoided it, I, I wanted to. But, you, you know, I he was the the polar opposite of what i thought i wanted mm. but he was what i needed oh my gosh that's powerful and even for people just you know in i don't know relationships now who aren't sure i've got a couple of friends who maybe haven't been sure or aren't sure and it's very powerful whether you've lost someone through death or you're unsure about them for you to hear someone you know who's been through what you have say that it really mm. is very resonant I, th I think you have to believe that it is possible to for you to find what you want in yeah. it and it, like I say it might take longer but you'll be okay in that time you you, you yeah. know find get to my my I always say to people get to know you be comfortable with you so that when when somebody comes into your life they're adding value mm -hmm. they're complementing what you have already got in place and they're making it better they're not you know it's not looking for someone to fill a void or to complete half of you that's missing or totally. to bring something in you know we have to take responsibility for our lives if something's missing from your life you go get it you go find it you figure it out yeah. for yourself absolutely and then when somebody the right person comes along they will slot in and they will add value to your life and they will make everything brighter yeah but they're not completing anything you're not reliant on them for anything absolutely um, and and i think that that if you're not sure if you've got doubts if something's not right trust your just trust your instincts you, you, like they will yeah. guide it's scary because it's you're worried about being on your own but i was always kind of i'd rather be on my own and feel safe and secure in in my own company than i would be in a relationship where i'm 
always doubting it, don't feel that safe, not sure I feel loved. You, you know, when people's actions don't back up their words. Yeah. Th- th- you know, all that, I just go, no. Absolutely. Well, that's really powerful, Karen. Um, so, Karen, I mean, I know you've mentioned some of the sort of aspects of grief or the stages of grief, but you also mentioned something very powerful that it's quite invisible. If you were sort of giving someone like a dummy lesson in grief, like let's say a best friend came to you and said, you know, my best friend's going through this, I, I just don't understand. Can you give me like a grief 101? Like, what would you say in terms of like how it shows off in the body and beyond? Oh, do you know what? It, it, it's mental, it's physical, it's emotional, it's spiritual. So it will show up in every which way it can. Mm. And and you won't understand it a lot of the time. I ended up in A&E twice because I thought, I, one time I thought I was having a heart attack, one time I wow. thought I was having a, a brain bleed or something. Oh, gosh. Both times it was nothing, it was anxiety. And and, yeah. and, and the, the, the physicality of the grief just really surprised me. I couldn't, I was like, oh. really? um you you have to you have to slow down you you know like grief is a full-time job and some without days off without holiday pay yeah um you don't get a break it is there it is relentless it is heavy and you you know it's like being thrown into the choppiest of seas and the, the, the waters are horrendous you can't you know you can't come up for air and your body hurts your mind hurts you can't sleep you don't want to eat. You, you don't want to connect with people. You, you know, it just throws you into a world you don't know, that you don't understand. Yeah. And you doubt everything. Everything you thought you knew has gone. Wow. And, you, you know, when you're in that, you need to be wrapped in love. And, you, you know, we cannot heal in isolation. We cannot, we can't do that by ourselves. We're not yeah. designed to be by ourselves. We are designed to, to live in community and, you know, I know that the people around you are not the people you want. You want your person back. Of course you do. I get that. But let people in, mm. you, you, you know, let them in, let people help you. And, you know, if someone's pushing you away, be specific in the things that you want to offer for help. You know, by saying to somebody, or oh, let me know if you need anything. But, yeah. but they're not, no one's going to let you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> they're not going to ask. So, you, you know, if you're helping someone in grief, basics clean the house look after the children deliver food parcels go food yeah. shopping cut the grass <laughs> yeah <laughs> you, you that's, that's good advice practical support yeah it's it's that that people need and and the best thing and and I, I, you know gary andrews gary scribbler um no. we his friends did the same thing for him he's amazing and in, in, he's he's the, he's done his daily doodles he's big on instagram and, and twitter but um he uh that my family did the same for me my sister did it set up a, a support group so she set up a whatsapp group of my family and friends i wasn't in it oh, that's um, nice. but anybody who wanted to be in it was in it and if somebody saw me and i was in a bad way they would put in the group I've just seen karen she's in a bad way can anyone get there Absolutely. Um, like if i kind of asked somebody for childcare or something or can you help me with the form or, you know somebody would would come into the group and go Karen needs help with this who can do it you, you know so it's not all on one person you've got a group of people you're not in it so you can't see the conversation so if somebody says oh I can't because yeah. of xyz you're not kind of going oh I wish I hadn't asked because now I feel like I'm a burden no exactly <laughs> you know? yeah um <clears throat> and my sister was amazing she organized people to have sleepovers at my house and who was going to deliver Aww. this and deliver that wow and, and what a blessing hey like you say you've got good was... people around you I really have. And yeah. and I think having that, and it's handy for the people around you as well, because they know what's going on, you know, rather than them having to find out from you all the time, they, 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 you know, somebody seen you, they can then put in the group, I've seen her tonight, this is what she's like, and it's yeah, absolutely. Going tomorrow. Yeah. So there's, there's that element of it as well. So I think that's always really handy. Um, but, but do you know what? Grief takes a long time. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's, there, there's no timeline in it but it takes a long time. It'll be different timeframes for, for different people. You've got to slow down. You've got to give yourself some grace in that. You've got to reduce your expectations. Your life mm-hmm. simply cannot carry on yeah. the way it was before. You've got to make space for the grief. Absolutely. Um, so, so, you know, be patient, be kind to yourself, just slow everything right down, mm-hmm. listen to your instincts, lean on people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always, you know, manage your, your stress and overwhelm, ask for help, sleep, rest is, is vital. Um, good nutrition, drinking plenty and get outside in nature. 
Yeah. There's something so wonderfully restorative and nurturing about being in nature, whether that's by the coast, in a forest, up a hill. I used to love walking up a hill because I felt closer to Simon when I was up high. Um, and, and people will have different you yeah. know, meaning in, in what they do, but go and sit in a park and listen to the bird. I don't know, but keep keep looking for the good because it will all feel like it's really bad and when you're going through something horrendous let yourself still see the good you might have to look really hard for it but yeah you know let that happen and and if you're supporting someone that's going through something tragic just be there for them you don't have to have all the answers you you know you don't have to kind of find all all the, the 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 um solutions to their problems yeah um sometimes it's it's just having someone to sit and watch tv with or or, or eat a meal with and maybe not saying much but, but just someone totally. there absolutely yeah so karen you've obviously been very fortunate with your sister and you know some very caring friends and i imagine there are quite a few different situations and lots of faux pas and maybe people saying things that make it a lot worse mm. um what advice would you give to someone who's grieving is there anything that you can do as a sort of griever to help people i know you said that you don't really have much capacity potentially to help guide other people you know in terms of how they should be to support you but yeah. do you have any thoughts there i do I, and my thoughts i think are quite different to other people's because I, I see a lot of information around of do this don't do that and and don't say this and 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 i i'm i don't i I'm on the fence as to how helpful that is. I understand why it's done, and I'm sure I've done it historically as well. But I think what we have to understand is people don't know how to support people in grief. Yeah, They just don't know, and that's not their fault. Mm. <laughs> we're not taught. And, you know, we're not comfortable being around people that are desperately upset. And and that's a society thing. I think it's a partly British thing because we're very stiff upper lip. Yeah. And that's not showing the emotion. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All of us, but some of us and 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 it is horrible seeing someone you love hurting so much it's horrible and and people said some really stupid clumsy insensitive things to me in my time but what you have to remember is they don't know that they're they're coming from a place of wanting to to say something that's going to help you and people used to say to me oh you're so strong that's amazing and I found that a compliment I was like really do you think and am I doing all right you you know I kind of I like somebody saying that to me but you'll meet another widow and somebody will say to them you're so strong and they'll go well what choice have I got yeah yeah. I've got to be strong and 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 they'll almost attack the the person yeah and and I understand why again I'm not criticizing or judging anyone You, you, you know I get it I get it all but we're all different and we will all do this very differently. So I think if somebody says something to you that doesn't help, that feels clumsy and insensitive, tell them. Yeah. But you don't have to be an arse about it, but you can say, look, I, I really know you're trying to help, but I find it quite difficult when you say those things. Yeah. You know, uh, or, you know, could, could you say something else? Or, or don't yeah. feel you have to say that to me because yeah. that's not how I see it. And, and, and be honest. I, I'm a massive believer in honest and open communication because, like I say, there's no right or wrong. <clears throat> we don't all do this the same way. Absolutely. We're unique. Yeah. We're all unique. And that's a good thing because, God, if we were all the same, it'd be a very boring world. Absolutely. So, you know, look at people. And when they say something to you, and, and it feels like it's it's hurtful, just take a moment to, to kind of maybe think, do you think they were intentionally trying to upset you? Yeah. And and I, I imagine it would be rare that it would be... That's yes. a good question, because it makes you have more empathy for the other person, rather yeah. than I am upset, therefore they're bad. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. And you can kind of go, yes, that did upset me, and that didn't feel like a good thing to say for, for my situation and my beliefs, but actually... Would I rather they avoided me? Because that's mm. that's the other alternative, isn't yeah. it? You, and you hear people saying, "Oh, you know, so and so crossed the street and they avoided me and they didn't say anything and that really upset me." And it's you can yeah. almost understand why people do that as well. Of course, like, I don't want to say anything because yeah. I'm going to say the wrong thing, and you get you, you get all caught up in it. Absolutely. And, you know, even for me, you, you know, like this is what I do. This is what I talk about. And one of my very dear friends had a had a loss recently, and I didn't know how to approach her with it. Yeah, because you, you know, it, it it was a a parent and 
it, I haven't I haven't experienced parent loss. I'm very very grateful and lucky and blessed to still have both my parents. Um, and but she put the barriers up. You, you know, her way of dealing yeah. is to put the walls up. I'm not very good at that because then I'm like I don't know what to do because yeah. I'm, I'm all about openness. Totally. Not, you know, so you know this is a very good friend we've, we've known each other for a very long time and and i didn't know what to do and and i've i have said stupid things yeah i know i have yeah and in that i've gone god that was stupid sorry that was i don't know why i said that that was stupid and i know i've annoyed her in some of the things i've said but it's it's understanding that people do care they want to find the right words but sometimes yeah. they can't and i think Absolutely. we have to, to to guide them a little bit and let them know if something they're saying isn't helpful totally and as you've sort of alluded to karen everyone's unique and on top of that as a society we don't talk about the d word death you know i remember even when my brother was diagnosed with well unfortunately a terminal brain tumor what he found hard was a couple of friends who he'd been really close to just sort of yeah avoiding him because i was still the same person and even that it's you know just we really need to do work in us in our society don't we around i'm not saying normalizing shock deaths because it's horrific as you say but i think it'd be great if we could become more comfortable with talking about death and dying um, because yes, it's incredibly sad and there will always be grief. How could there not be? It's a measure of love in many ways, but it is. what you're saying, yeah, it has so much hope in it as well. Mm. So Karen, um, coming towards the end now, um, I know you work with um, widows, but could you just tell us a little bit about your average client? Like, are they all sort of older people, younger people, all sorts of people? <laughs> yeah, a lot of people ask me, especially the groups that I do, they're always like, how, how old is everyone in the group? <laughs> exactly, will I be like, you know, a 20 year old with a 95 year old? How's that gonna work? <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's it, you've gotta hear the word widow and you imagine a little old lady, don't you? With exactly, yes, with yeah. white hair and you <laughs> exactly. dressed in black. Yeah, totally, and a walking stick. <laughs> and I would say, for like a, a ballpark mainstay of, of, of my clients are probably late 40s, early 50s. Okay. Um, and is it mainly women you work with? Yes. And I think that reasons for that is I'm a woman. I think women um, are more... Um, they seek help a bit, a little bit more than men. Mm -hmm. Not always, but, mm. the, 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 you know, they will. And statistically, there are more women widows than there are male widowers because more men die hmm. young than women. Uh, wow that's fascinating so there is just more females okay. at, around All i right. do have male clients and i have had male clients Good. um absolutely i've had some lovely lovely male clients yeah um but for the it is mainly women mainly but i've, I've had somebody as, as young as 28 and i've had somebody as old as 75 wow so, you know, I meet people of all ages and, and ranges, but mo for the most part, they're sort of, you know, 40s, 50s. Great. I'd and you say. do you do one-to-one -one and group work, don't you? So it's really nice. It's yes. something for everyone. Yeah. And um, yeah. you know, just on the topic of the, you know, men, as you say, well, obviously more men die young. Um, So there's that. But um, as you said, men often don't open up as readily. But mm. it's something I feel quite strongly about as well, that wouldn't it be great if there were more spaces for men to open up? So is that something Definitely. you, just in case there are men listening and they're like, oh, yeah. you know, I'm just a bloke, I have to suck it up. Is that something yeah. you really encourage, you know, men to step forward and like work with people like you so they can find oh. space to share as well? 100%, 100%. Because I just, I've, you know, it's you don't have to do this alone. Like I yeah. say, you, you know, you don't. And I think men feel, again, I'm not generalising because we're all different, but men often feel like they've got to be the man. They've got to step up, you, you yeah. know, and, and bless men often still have to continue going to work um, and, and provide for the family and keep everything going. They've got yeah. the kids to think about, which isn't always something they considered before because that's what the mum's role was. So, you, you know, for <clears> them, it's really tough. It's really tough. And I think mm. it's so important to find somebody. And even if it's not me, you, you, you know, there, there are other grief coaches out there and, and, and even therapists and counsellors, whatever work but find someone to talk to to hold yeah. your hand whilst you figure it all out because you will figure it all out That's good you, advice you know, but it's it's just we are stronger together yeah exactly start. it's important to share isn't it that's a really mm. important point love yeah. it um and just um one more question which is a bit of a left field one in terms of the workplace we've spoken about you know people not knowing how to respond you know treading on eggshells getting it wrong what mm. tips would you give to employers because obviously so many people in the workplace are going to experience loss, whether it's a parent, a partner, potentially even a child. Are there any yeah. top tips that you would give employers? Oh my God, give them time off. Like all <laughs> yes. kind of, Boom. oh, you've got, you've got five days. Brilliant. Yeah, That's cool. I should be over it by then, you know, <laughs> bouncing back. 
funny enough, I always remember Simon about six months before he died, one of his um, staff members, colleagues, I don't know, you know, her husband died. And the policy was <clears> that <throat> she got five working days off and a, and oh a day God. for the funeral. And he was... He oh was like, God. I can't tell her that. I'm not telling her that. that he, who's made this work? Oh, my God. And, and then the, he, oh. get, he was like, take a month. I'll pay you for it. He, he kind of just overrode the policy. He was like, I have a month and, and, and then we'll figure it out. And he actually changed the policy. But people, death, you, you honestly, like, you, there's not something that you can just kind of within five days go back to work. Well, it's not like the flu, is it? It's almost equating it with literally oh the flu. Exactly. Insulting. Exactly. Even the you words know, the policy need... was almost brought me out in like, you know, a cold sweat. Yes. Like, how can there be a policy about there's something policies. so there's major? There's on how many days off you get. Oh, my God. Per, per, I mean, I know there's a lady whose son died and I think her work's policy was something stupid. Like, I don't know, well, maybe three weeks. I can't, I can't remember. But it was really, she's changed it. She, and she's campaigned a lot mm. um, for, for these these policies to, to, to change. Good. Um, but Legends. I would say people need time off. They need they need support to help them find the support. You know, pay yeah. for them maybe to go and see it. Because I mean, yeah. these days, to, you you know, you can't get the help and support on the NHS if you're a, a, a company that's making good money. Support your person through it. Let them let them reduce their hours. Come back in. Absolutely. You know, and, yeah. Especially and, given and what you said. Slowly. Obviously, if you're you know struggling and depleted, you need adjustments to be made. You know, mm, don't you? Exactly. Otherwise, you might lose that person. Yeah. this is it you you know if you value them look after them you know provide a space for them educate other people that they work with on grief get someone in to talk to them about grief what they can say what they can do how they can support them absolutely and is that something you you do karen would you go into a company and educate people of course i would yeah i haven't done no that's great well i mean that should be in the workplace curriculum as far as i'm concerned I always there think are people that do, there are people that work in corporate, they're grief people yeah, that work in corporate and do course. that kind of thing. I think you'd be very good though. Um, I always think if, if that happened to me, the nicest thing that you could be told is take all the time you need, which I know is radical, but yes. um, you know, you don't forget how people make you feel and that probably is all you need because you don't even know whether you'll feel okay in 14 days. You've never lost your husband before, have you, or your son or your parents? Totally. And actually, even though I don't want to like dumb down death because obviously it's the ultimate really but even heartbreak. Um, I remember yeah. when I was working as a trainee lawyer and a colleague um, you know, broke up with his girlfriend and one of the partners discreetly said, just sort of take all the time you need. But he recognised, mm. although that wasn't death, for this guy, it was still a huge loss and he was grieving. Yeah. A very different kind of grief, but grief nonetheless. And I feel like that's not really acknowledged or seen either, whether it's no, divorce it's or, oh, you know, no. maybe you're not married, but it's still debilitating. You probably don't get any time off for things like that, do well, you? Well, no. Yeah, but that's not even recognised. No, it's probably just sort of buck up, you know, way. come on, get over it. It has a huge impact on, on people. It is, it is grief. Totally. It's grief. And do you, it's lost. Do you ever work with people in that capacity? You could be flooded now with people yeah. that I come into contact <laughs> with. Like, I'm heartbroken. I need to speak to Karen. <laughs> I have done. I have done. Yeah, I yes. bet you'd be very good. Um, yeah, I've, I've worked with quite a, a few people that have been through, yeah. you know, horrible divorces. Um, because, yeah. it, like you say, essentially, you know, it is grief. And, and we all go through grief for various different things. So what I Absolutely. do can help anyone but you, you've kind of got to get your messaging right haven't you and totally and, yeah, exactly you have to be careful don't you well if yeah. i ever have a, a future horrendous heartbreak you're going to be on oh, speed dial karen <laughs> <laughs> no, i don't know i hope not too <laughs> so karen just to wrap up um obviously you started with this you know empowering and slightly incongruous but deeply inspiring idea that you know there can be great learnings from grief if you had to pick one great learning what would it be Oh, that's a good question. I haven't um, prepped you for this, so, you know. Yeah, so my one great learning, I think for me, is that I can I can do the things that I never thought I could do. Wow. I can achieve amazing things. I am capable. I am strong. I am resilient. And, and I can. I can. I may not know how all the time, but I can figure it out and I can do it. And I have this inner belief now and desire to go do you know what i'm not settling anymore yeah I'm, wow I'm, I'm going for it I, wow. i'm going to to do the things that i want to do with my life and, and i can and i will and i never had that feeling before and that is wow. huge that is empowering it is liberating and it god it just feels so good oh it feels amazing just to hear you say that 
It's like that Marie Folio book, you know, everything is figure outable, which I hear is really good. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Did you mention that that you'd? Yeah, I think you said you'd read it. I haven't read the book. Oh, you but haven't. I heard it quoted, yeah. and I was it's like, great. "Yes." Yeah, absolutely. And, and I always say it to, to people. I'm like, everything is figure outable. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Because you can, and and like to my point, and this is the one I always make at the beginning when I said to my mum and my sister, "I am not going to let this define myself and my girl's life in a negative way." Mm. I had no idea. How I was going to do that? Yeah, none. Yep. You, you know, I didn't even know if it was possible. Yeah. But I said it. Wow. And that was what I wanted, and I wow. did figure it out. Boom! That is so I powerful. Can that out. Yes. I mean, I'm not. I'm not one of these woo-woo people who's like, you can manifest anything, you know, if you believe. You know, I do think there's truth in that. But I like the point that some sort of manifestors make that you don't need to even know how it's going to happen. You just need to know what you want. Forget about the yes. how. It will all yeah. unfold. Just work yeah. out what you want. I love yes. that. So um, one of the last questions, Karen, um, what does success mean to you? Success in any sense? Success means to me, it's, for me, if, if, I, if I'm successful in life, my, my, I, am, I am healthy, I am thriving, and I am, my children are, are, are doing the same, I guess, because yeah. then I feel like, if if I can model that behaviour for my children, I'm giving them the, the best the best in life that I can because they they, they do what you do, they don't do what you say. So I have to <laughs> model the person that I want them to become, essentially. Wow. So yeah. if, if I'm a good person, if I'm kind and look after myself and others and and I can do you know what? I can find the good in the simple things. Absolutely. I can yeah, sense that about you. That's really powerful what you said they don't do what you say they do what you do the power of role modeling very they strong yeah. um, and where can people find you online karen if, they, if they'd like to look you up so there's my website which is karensutton.co.uk and i am on um instagram facebook tiktok for the life of me Boom. um cool. twitter and linkedin and karen sutton widow coach on, on all of those platforms and, and i've also got my podcast the, the widow podcast oh great the widow podcast yes oh brilliant yes. and who yeah. do you speak to on there so i and that's on youtube as well actually i've got a youtube cool. channel which i put my podcast on but so i have conversations with other widows other people that offer tools for widows that some of them are just me talking about things like guilt um and loneliness and anxiety and yep. 10 things i've learned about grief in widowhood um so there's there's many different topics covered Brilliant. some wonderful conversations with with other people that have, have been widowed and, wow. and you know how they've traveled their journey really and there's there's some incredible conversations that sounds like a really comforting resource amazing mm -hmm. Carol. i've absolutely loved talking to you um so many insights on such a complex subject so thank you so much for coming in oh, it's a pleasure thank you for having me take care karen thank you.